So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I'd like to, to consecrate this teaching on the Eucharist tonight to the Sacred Heart of Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Right before Seneca, I realized something. I discovered something in the path that I didn't realize. And to me, this is so beautiful every time it happens because it really shows me how the path is completely a gift of God and that he used us as his very insignificant vessels to put it together. But I was thinking, I was inspired to give you this teaching tonight because this past Sunday we celebrated Corpus Christi. And then I realized tomorrow we celebrate the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And then I realized, well, wait a second. On the path, it's in that same order. And we never planned it that way. In Chapter 3 at the end is introduced the Eucharist. The end of Chapter 3 is the Eucharist, becoming living host and living chalices. And then from there, you move into chapter 4, which is the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And then I realized the last teaching I gave you, I was explaining the gift we received in Colombia on Pentecost Sunday. That it brought me back to that experience of 2008. And it took nine years today <laughs> for me to make another beautiful discovery. In that experience that the Lord gave me, he first showed me the Eucharist. The second thing he showed was his sacred heart in the center of the Eucharist. And then came the cross. And then came the fullness of the Spirit. So it's very significant that to prepare us tonight to enter the feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus tomorrow, the Holy Spirit wanted to bring us to the Eucharist. So this, I think, will be a teaching that will be a few parts. So tonight, the entire teaching is from one message in our pack, which is number 49, on page uh, 162 of the second. So what I plan to do tonight, if you have your, your books, your path, go to that number. So the Lord begins this teaching with us by saying to us, the Eucharist is the power of God in the world. The love of God is the Eucharist and is transmitted through the Eucharist. This goes united to the catechism of the Catholic Church in number 
it says, at the Last Supper, on the night he was betrayed, our Savior instituted the Eucharistic sacrifice of his body and blood. This he did in order to perpetuate the sacrifice of the cross. Imagine the love of God so great and the power of his sacrifice on the cross that God unites, makes one, perpetuates that power, that love through the Eucharist and in the Eucharist. In number 1324 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it says, the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. Well, how can it not be if it is the love of God, if it is the power of God? So we have a question. The teaching I sent you, every question I want you to ponder is in red to make it easier for you. The question here for us tonight is this. Has the Eucharist become the source and summit of your life? And if not, why? We need to enter self-knowledge. Because in order to be mothers and missionaries of the cross, the whole purpose of the path is to make us living hosts. How can that happen if the Eucharist is not the center, the summit, the source of our life? And then in number 1367 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it says, The sacrifice of Christ and the sacrifice of the Eucharist are one single sacrifice. The victim is one and the same. The same now offers through the ministry of priest, who then offered himself on the cross, only the matter, manner of offering is different. And then there's this quote in the Catechism. And since in this divine sacrifice, which is celebrated in the Mass, the same Christ who offered himself once in a bloody manner on the altar of the cross is contained and is offered in an unbloody manner. The sacrifice is truly propitiatory. That means the graces continue in every sacrifice of the Mass. This is the love of God coming to us through the Eucharist. The second part of message 49 is this. The Lord tells us, learn about the hidden life by contemplating my Eucharistic life.
the Lord is asking us to do something. We contemplate Jesus' Eucharistic life by being before the Blessed Sacrament. Our hidden life cannot enter the hidden life of Jesus in the Eucharist if we do not contemplate what his hidden life in the Eucharist is. So the Lord goes on to explain his hidden life to us so that we can contemplate it. So this message from the Lord needs to be pondered and contemplated before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. He says, I am hidden from your human eye, but completely present. I am verbally silent, yet my soul speaks to your soul. Now he tells us, I am humble, pure, simple, silent, generous, forgiving, merciful, patient, and tender. I sent you some questions in red here because this is how we have to contemplate before the Blessed Sacrament, the path. Each one of those virtues Jesus is speaking that he is, he is humble. We, through the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit, have to also become each one. We have to become humble and pure and simple. So here are the questions for us to ponder this week. Have I grown in humility? How am I still lacking humility? Concerning purity. How have I grown in purity of body, mind, heart, and intentions? Specifically, in what area of purity do I need further purification? How have I grown in simplicity? In what areas do I need to grow in further simplicity? What areas do I need further detachment from? What areas of materialism, of my own image of myself? We'll go on. The Lord in the Eucharist, he tells us, is silent. Silence is a very important part of our path. We need to ask, am I able to enter the silence of my heart to suffer in greater intensity and intimacy with Jesus? You need, we need to each ponder our lives. When I am suffering, when I'm undergoing a trial or a hardship, have I grown through these years in this community where I am able to enter the silence of my heart to enter profoundly the hardship 
the suffering that the Lord is permitting. And through that silence, coming to know it intimately in Christ. The Lord tells us he's generous. So we have to grow in generosity. Am I generous with my time and attention with the souls the Lord has placed in my life? Generous with time and attention. How attentive am I? That's generosity of my whole being. Generosity is sometimes it's much easier to put money and to give money than it is for us to be generous with our whole being by being attentive with the souls God has given us. Am I also generous with those that are difficult for me to love and to get along with? Many times it's easy for me to go out with those that I really enjoy being with. But to find the time, even sometimes with my older children, to be generous with them. A child that's really difficult at this point in his life is a little harder. Have I entered my core wounds and forgiven from the heart those that inflicted those wounds? This is the part of the path on our wounds because Jesus is forgiven, forgiving. But I cannot forgive someone from the heart if I haven't allowed God to take me to those deepest wounds in my heart. Have I come to recognize hidden resentment within my heart? In what situations and with what persons is my patience most tried? How have I grown in patience? And the, the Lord tells us he's tender. Am I tender with the people I live closest to? My spouse, my children, my family. Sometimes it's very much easier for us to be nice and tender with others. Sometimes we can go to work or we can come to the community and it's very easy for us to be tender and cariñoso with each other. Yet, with our spouses, with our children, we don't have that tenderness. The next question is important in this regard. Do I now notice when the hardness of my heart reacts? And do I recognize it and strive to correct it by choosing to be tender with my words, hands, and gaze. The people we live with, when we are harsh with them, with our words, with our actions, as mothers and missionaries of the cross, do we pick up on it and immediately try to correct it through tenderness 
or are we still living a sort of duplicity where in our homes we continue in the hardness of heart and outside the home we put on a different uh, image. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, We have been reading every day from Matthew. It says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad, and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust for if you love those who love you what recompense will you have do not the tax collectors do the same and if you greet your brothers only what is unusual about that do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. It's really beautiful to see that Jesus in this gospel is showing us that to grow in perfection, which is to grow in love, we have to be willing to love those most difficult to love, those that have hurt us, those that continue to hurt us. And this is exactly what Jesus teaches us in number 49. But before I read that, I'm going to read you one more beautiful words from St. Irenaeus from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 1327. It says, Irenaeus, thank you, Father. In Greek, the Eucharist is a sum and sum summary of our faith. He says, our way of thinking is attuned to the Eucharist and the Eucharist in turn confirms our way of thinking. This is so important. That's why pondering this one message is so important for this community. What is Jesus's way of thinking? acting, being. Look at how Jesus lives in this message that he told us, the truth of the gospel, of how he gives himself in generosity to all. He says, I give myself fully to the good and the bad, to the deserving and the undeserving to those that love me and to those that persecute me. I continue to love those who do not love me. I continue to love those who use me. I continue to love the unfaithful. I continue to love 
those indifferent to my love. I am left alone in the tabernacles of the world with few who come to be with me, to adore me and to give me thanks. I cry, but my tears are hidden. This teaching, these words of the Lord for every mother and missionary of the cross has to become our life. It has to take flesh in our hearts. We have to constantly look at our lives. The people that persecute us. The people that are not good to us. The people that do not love us. The people that use us. The people that are unfaithful to us. The people that are indifferent to what we do and how we love. Our solitude. Those that do not appreciate and are grateful to us. And even our hidden tears that hardly anybody see or know. I'm going to continue just this section of this teaching through the Catechism of the, the Catholic Church. And I want you to pay attention to a few words that I underlined for you, where it says the altar of the cross. In number 1366, the Catechism tells us, the Eucharist is thus a sacrifice because it represents, makes present, the sacrifice of the cross. Because it is its memorial and because it applies its fruit. Christ, our Lord and God, was once and for all to offer himself to God the Father by his death on the altar of the cross to accomplish there an everlasting redemption. I want you to write these words down if you don't have the teaching. Altar of the cross. Wherever, listen carefully, my family, wherever our cross is, there is our altar of sacrifice. There is where our offering during the consecration of the Mass becomes real. Our sacrifice as real flesh. The real pain of our suffering united with Christ. We go to Mass and we say, I unite my sorrows and my pains to the sacrifice of Jesus at that consecration of the Mass. But in order for the Lord to be pleased with this sacrifice, we are offering the Father united to Him. We have to live that consecration in our everyday, ordinary, daily life 
Orid is, again, kind of a hypocrisy. There is a still duplicity in our lives if we are not living it in the everyday life. In order to make this clear to you, I found a teaching from the Lord to the mothers of the cross, but the same thing applies to the missionaries of the cross from 2009. This was our Blessed Mother teaching us. Now look at where, listen carefully to where she says is the altar of our sacrifice. Our Blessed Mother said, The mothers of the cross are my maidens that united to me will renew the priesthood. And this includes the priesthood of the domestic home. Your fiat to be victim souls will be perfected in my fiat. Your lives will be a holy cloth that soaks up the precious blood of Jesus. In this way, you will become pure living chalices filled with the blood of Jesus. You will live your hidden lives like me in prayer, sacrifice, and suffering. Your hidden lives lived in your domestic monasteries will be a source of grace for the sanctification of priests. You will imitate to great perfection my virtues of humility, simplicity, gentleness, silence, and charity. You will be women of an intense prayer life. Look at what she said back in 2009, centered in the Eucharist. Now listen carefully. Your lives will be a continuous prayer offering as you offer up your daily sacrifices and duties on the altar of your homes. As you love and suffering, imitating Jesus and I, you will be our joy and consolation. Wherever our cross is, there is the altar of our sacrifice. There is where we unite to Jesus and suffer with him and then enter the mass and our lives take on that union with Jesus's Eucharistic sacrifice which is one with his passion to come to the altar of sacrifice in the mass without having lived my daily sacrifice in the altar of my home or my workplace is a sterile sacrifice to the Father. The words of the Mass, through him, with him, and in him, must be lived out daily in the ordinary and tediousness of my life, in the sacrament of the moment, it is only in this way 
that my sacrifice is truly pleasing to God and made perfect in Jesus' sacrifice of perfect love. This is united. I go now to number 57, which you can find in your path on page 171. And I'm not going to read the whole message, but I'm only going to read the one part that has to do with this living everyday life. Jesus taught us. And I put it in red in your notes because it's part of your pondering in the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus said, ponder every relationship and situation in your lives where you are not loving with me, through me, and in me, which means we are not loving as one with his Eucharistic life. Ask yourself, so the Lord is again giving us the questions, why is it so difficult to love this person or to love in these situations. It is precisely in those situations and with those persons where you need to be purified. It is only in this way that you can become one with my Eucharistic life and be transformed into love. This question of number 57 will be with us all our lives because God will always put people in our lives and situations in our lives that constantly change day to day, year to year, where we will be confronted with people that are a challenge for us to love and situations that we can find ourselves in that are really difficult to love. And that's why this question can never come to an end for us in this community. It will always be present. This question is very much united to us becoming living hosts. In fact, it's in the section of the path, the, sec the next section after the Eucharist, which is living host. All right. As you can see, I didn't finish part one. <laughs> and it's 10 o'clock. So I'm going to stop here.